for our diving Hope comes and stops us in our tracks Bravely we prove in our striving Trudging together each day Hello, everyone, and welcome to Raw Recovery. Today is Raw Recovery with Lisa C. I'm happy to have her on the show, and it must be Tuesday because here we are. Um, now, you guys, we keep building this up and building this up. We got more and more speakers coming on. Um, if you want to be a part of it, please feel free to reach out, judgingtogether at gmail.com. Um, you can also find us on YouTube, like and share yada yada all that fun stuff let's get to the show though uh lisa welcome to the show so uh, lisa is a recovery coach she she is in our community for recovery coaches um and i i think i've talked with lisa a couple of times through facebook things like that but i'm we're gonna get to know each other right here and now um and then you also um you are also and are you running it or, or the tribal experience corner um you were saying you're the CEO of that? Correct. Um, I am. And I established it in June officially in Larimer County. Wow. Cool. Yep. That is we're awesome. And, and why don't you give a kind of a quick synopsis of, of what you guys do over there? We're a team of certified recovery coaches. And what we do is advocate for the returned citizens. So folks coming out of incarceration mm -hmm. and walking alongside them, being a mentor to them for that first year that they're out being that is the highest return rate in that first year and to break down that return rate, um, you know, and get them through that and, and, and slowly walk them back into yeah. the, into the community, but get them the resources they need. Yeah. Well, I mean, the world can change so fast. Yeah. I mean, look at the last year. I mean, the, the world is different than it was a year ago. Um, and it's very important when these people get out of jail or, or wherever it is, if they were, especially if they were incarcerated, I think is really the focus there. Um, they need that guidance when they get out. Yeah, there's um, a lot of obstacles. Yeah. I mean, just imagine, you know, and we've all kind of been through that, you know, um, for me, the obstacle was homelessness. Um, so, you know, but we all kind of go through that one set where we do need, I call them accountability buddies. A recovery coach is a great accountability buddy. And when you get out of something like that, you should probably have three or four, you know, but recovery coaches, what we do is we don't just say, oh yeah, what you're going to do is, you know, we pick up the phone, you're going to call this way. No, we come pick you up. Right. And we, and then we take you to where you need to go. And that's what recovery coaching is about. It's more than just uh, us giving you advice on staying sober. It's also helping you get over those hurdles, like getting your driver's license back. Oh. Yep. How to get a bank account. Yes, I agree. Yeah, great work. So um, we'll hand out the information on that um, towards the end of the show. Uh, make sure that people can get in contact with you. What we're here for is your story. Um, and we'd like to go ahead and start with that. So Lisa, I'm going to go ahead and open it up and thank you again for taking your time um, and coming on our show and sharing your experience. We appreciate it. Oh, of course. Thank you for having me, Dion. Most certainly. So um, where did you grow up? 
I grew up in uh, originally Brighton, Colorado, until I was nine, and uh, my family relocated to the Longmont area. All right. And uh, from there, it became pretty much, uh, you know, a wild ride for me for life. Uh, We moved there when I was nine years old, and so it was a big change from uh, leaving third grade, and I had those friends my whole life and had Uh to start over new and any supports that I had, and um home life was pretty rough there was every kind of abuse possible um that didn't make it any easier sure so uh by 15 i found my way out of the house was a runaway living on the streets and um running with a rough crowd um you know were you running with a rough crowd before then no, not before I left that. Well, yeah, okay. I started kind of interacting with them and it really was probably what kind of talked me into leaving home because I felt I had somewhere else to go. I had people to go with. Okay. Yeah. You felt like you had a crew that you could rely on. Yeah. Certainly. Okay. I understand that. I, I understand. That. I divorced my parents at 16. Um, so yeah, I didn't want any. So I'd better rather be sleeping in a chicken coop. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So I get that. So um, so we're starting the runaway, which can be pretty dangerous. So I'd like to yeah. hear about that. Yeah. Well, I experienced a lot. I learned real quick, um, had a pretty sheltered life growing up. It, okay. So going out into the real world was learning things, uh, lived experience, learning yeah. things hand on. pretty naive about the world, huh? 100% naive about it and okay. just got chewed up and spit out over and over again. Yeah. So just uh, with that, I ended up as a, a pregnant teen mother, um, okay. having my first child and um, another one. By the time I was 19, I was pregnant again. Okay. My second child and the partner I had, it seemed like I was always getting myself into these um, abusive relationships because okay. I don't now that I look back, I could realize I didn't know my self-worth or my value. I didn't love myself. And I, yeah. you know, if that's abuse was love to me, that's what I grew up with. Was okay. all the abuse. And I was told they loved me though. So, you know, I accepted it and I always seemed to get back into that. Um, by the time I was uh, with my second pregnancy, I had ended up with a broken back from a domestic violence. Ow. And so I've got plate screws and rods still deal with chronic pain today. I'm sorry. Um, yeah you know, and, and left that relationship and a um, couple years passed and got into another relationship and two more boys came along out of that one. And okay. Oh, boy, that one <laughs> ended up. <laughs> I ended up in Mexico. So, um, okay. Yeah, that was probably it sounds like an adventure. It was you adventure. guys were laughing because we just know that we get to laugh at our stories now. So. Oh yeah, I'm not sure what I was doing, but you know, young, young <laughs> dumb me, you know, thinking I knew everything. So. Sure. Well, why no wouldn't one. you think that you wouldn't? I know. Yeah. Right. I mean, I if I was in that situation and I was going through life, I wouldn't. I mean, yeah. I don't think I would expect you to know that. Yeah. Um, considering you weren't taught. I mean, if you weren't how to tie your shoes and then you're going to use velcro for the rest of your life is yeah it is yeah so yeah that's uh that was an interesting one i ended up uh taking guns into mexico and got picked up by the u.s marshals and (laughs) 
did some federal prison time. Don't do yeah. that. They they frown upon oh, that. Very Don't take much. Into Mexico. Yes. Okay. So I did my. Uh, I didn't realize I had um, been pregnant when all this went on. So I had a little okay. girl. Uh, my daughter came along in prison during my prison term. Okay. Um, separated from all my kids. Six years. Uh, ended up doing for federal prison. Uh, passed around through three different states doing the time. Um, coming out. That's where I understand the obstacles. Oh boy, with the marks yeah. you have, the marks against us, just that stigma of being a felon is yes. so bad. It needs to be just, it's time for a change, you know? It is. I really think that that is a case by case basis and, yep. and that we should take the time Yeah. with those people, with people. Um, you know, if I, I, I could not sit here and say people can't, I mean, I changed, you changed, Jill's on here, she changed. People can change. They just decided they don't want to live that way anymore. Yeah. Um, but yes, that is a very, very big hurdle. Um, you could be a recovery coach though, guys, just so you know. Yes, you can. It all makes in fact, sense. We, in fact, we'd like you. <laughs> so, yeah. okay. Yeah. And, so, uh, and how long was it? Six years? Is that what you said? Yeah, six okay. years. And getting out, my kids are all kind of separated. And at the, I had gotten uh, with uh, three of my kids back with me. Okay. Um, here it is a couple years out now from doing my prison time and uh, moved out of the Longmont area. I just, it seemed like my late husband and I, every time that we were trying to do better, it just showed up at our doorstep. It didn't mm. matter. It just was there. Any drug, it just, it was there readily okay. available. So we thought moving away to the mountains and isolating ourselves from everyone we know down to Trinidad, Colorado would be a better idea. Sure. Well, um, that's a decent thought process though. Cause you're trying to solve a problem. Well, if we get away from this okay, which actually would work, it, it, it would work it, as long as you don't move and then continue looking for the drugs. That, yeah, that, uh, <laughs> then it's not going to work. It, it doesn't. Um, and no matter how hard we tried to stay sober, mm -hmm. um, he really, my late husband, Corey, was battling with depression pretty bad. Okay. Um, he was self-medicating. It just, uh, you know, we weren't very educated as far as when we went to the doctors to figure out what, uh, what's all available, what the options are and, sure. um, naive to mental health at the time. And just, you know, when the doctor gives a, a one type of pill, here's a Prozac. It's a one size fits all here. This, yeah. this should work. This should work for you. Everything should be better now. Oh, no. So after taking it a week and not getting any follow-up phone call, follow-up appointment, no, any other education around it. We just thought it was the one size, like that's and like, yeah, problem that should have worked. Problem yeah. solved. So when it didn't work, yeah. he just, he threw them away and started self-medicating again, back mm -hmm. on drugs and alcohol. Yeah. And, um, with two of the boys home on April 21st, 2013, um, and myself and my husband and I, he was having a really rough day and really hitting the, hitting the alcohol hard that day. Okay. And, uh, he, uh, lost all hope. He picked up our AK 47 and took, he blew his head off next to me in bed. Wow. I'm sorry. That's hard. Yeah, 
and I, I absolutely agree that that one size fits all is very, very dangerous. Um, because certain, you know, you combine the wrong meds and then, you know, giving it to somebody like me can even be even more dangerous, especially with something like Prozac. Um, because I don't have that. I don't have that knowledge or, or whatever the education that I need to be able to do that appropriately. Um, and I think that's where, you know, us growing up therapy was a bad word. You didn't say that word in our house until my mom got sober. And then we're like, okay, everybody's going now. Um, you know, um, and just that, you know, I really wish that doctor would have just taken a little bit more time or even done a referral, just a referral to a psychologist or psychiatrist actually. So think of a lot of things that could have looked differently. And if sure. I, if I would have known what I know now, things would be differently, but you know, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be who I am today and I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. And so, yes, that, that I get, and that can bring some hope. Doesn't mean it isn't hard. Oh, know? it hurts. I was my best friend since grade school. So yeah. it's, it hurts. Man. Two of the, two of the boys were home and had to see that as well. So, okay. you know, they're doing, kids are doing great today. I, it, it, I, I lost myself. I completely lost myself I in would've. that moment. I felt like I slipped into another realm. It didn't even feel like I was physically present here on earth anymore. Okay. And I did every drug to numb the pain. It didn't matter what it was. As long as I could not feel or see or have to be in my head and keep those images or I just could yeah. not be physically present here anyway. Um, and I slipped away for about a good eight months I through homelessness, through my, my children got taken away from the, uh, um, I became suicidal and attempted three times. Okay. Um, my parents put a restraining order against me. Any positive I supports I had removed themselves from me just because I was lashing out at everyone just to like hope, hoping somebody would find me, like meet me where I was at and hear me or understand me. Mm-hmm. because I, I felt so alone, like nobody I could relate to. Yeah. when I was going through that. And so, you know, it, at the end of it, my uh, last suicide attempt, um, something different happened that day, but my, my knees hit the floor. So okay. I cried out to a God I never knew. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. it doesn't sound like you had much of a, of a spiritual growing up or religious um, growing up. My mom, my mom was faithful in church. My dad didn't go. And since he didn't have to go, we didn't have to go. And okay. so I, I just really nothing installed there too much besides my, my mom is good. You know, she's, she's sure. like good, planted good seeds, you know, I'm mm-hmm. back to my roots today. So yeah, got, just got a little lost, but yeah, you know, well, when I, when I surrendered it all that day and I, I gave up all control of what I thought my life should be in comparison mm-hmm. to anybody else and where they were at. And I just accepted what my life was and, for like the first time, I truly believed that everything happens for a reason. And I and I realized that if I had no reason left but to believe, yeah. and that was the best choice I ever had made in my life. It, it, that's fantastic. And that's what you got out of it. Complete. That, well, that's a merit. That's just, I'm not allowed to swear because my niece <laughs> says I'm not allowed to swear anymore. So that's really freaking amazing. 
Yeah, that fast forward and just tons of therapy, EMDR for severe traumatic. Yes, EMDR. I'm, I'm a big fan of EMDR. Yep, mm -hmm. done. I've done it with the equine therapy with the horses and it is fantastic. Oh, cool. The most beneficial form I've had for myself. So we're all different, but definitely worth sure. trying. If, if other things aren't working for some, with anybody out there that's listening to this, just mm -hmm. don't give up. Just keep, yeah. keep trying, keep trying and, different methods. And find that, find that spot. Mine's music. Um, I chew ice all day long. I don't know why it helps my anxiety and my PTSD, but it does. It get, it makes me feel more comfortable. So that's okay. Yep. You know, it's not like I can overdose on ice. So it's a good <laughs> habit to have, right? You know, yes. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's it. That is a huge turnaround, even considering you didn't even have any of the information. I mean, you haven't even been doing an AA meeting yet, am I correct? In this correct. story. Yeah. yeah, my my recovery was faith based. When when I got that profound feeling over me, message just, I just knew that there was a purpose and a reason. And if I just trust and believe that, I would see later. Wow. Yeah. Was was um. Did the did the uh, temptation stuff go away from you at that point? It did. Or did that take a little bit? Yeah. That. It, the, that is a the burning bush you know spiritual experience yeah when that, that, and that's what you needed though yep so that's he amazing had, he passed away in april of 13 and just right around uh, christmas in december is then my niece hit the floor and i surrendered and my last day of usage was december 31st 2013 wow yeah congratulations thank you coming up on a birthday I am. Uh, eight years, seven years, seven, seven, years. seven yes. years. Good lucky number. I heard the Lucky's eighth seven. is the hardest though. <laughs> Why is eight. that? I heard the eighth year is the hardest though. Why it's is just, that? It, well, when you, when you hit eight years, I'll just tell you that the ninth year is the hardest. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good. It doesn't I love it. end. No, it doesn't. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's a uh, commitment for life. Recovery is a commitment for the rest of our lives that mm -hmm. we have to just trust the process and commit to it. So after you hit that, your knees and that happened, what did you do next? I called the DA, the uh, child protective service worker. And I said, what do I need to do to get my kids back? Wow. I didn't want to fight with them anymore. I gave up that control. I didn't care. I just wanted to fix it. They didn't, I, and in that profound moment, not only did I start to believe, but this, this feeling that came over me of selfishness, I had felt mm -hmm. selfish. For, I felt so selfish for the first time in my life that I couldn't see through my own pain to see my kids as pain. And if I've been here a couple of decades longer than them and they don't need, they don't even know what to do with it. And they were a basket case. Like mm -hmm. if I didn't know what to do with it, how could I expect them to know and how to get through it? And I knew I had to be the one to show them how. Yep. You had to be, you would at one point, and I think that's, you know, as, as a parent, I understand that. Um, I was a chronic relapser and I didn't want to get, I just couldn't get sober for myself. I tried and I tried. So I just, I was going to try. I mean, what do I have to lose? And I did it because I love my children and I love my wife. And I didn't want to lose them. Yep. And I was going to lose them. 
And that just was not acceptable to me. It was one thing that wasn't acceptable to me. So I used it. And they loved me until I could learn how to love myself. And now I get to be an example, which honestly is a lot freaking easier than being a drunk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ooh. And, oh, it, yeah. and it's a lot more fun too. You know, now my kids reach out to me. You know, my son they, says, I love you first. When did, that's good stuff for me. They know they can rely on us. They trust us. They, mm -hmm. we, they're our biggest so, fans. My, my kids are my biggest supporter. This, this brought it. us so much yeah. closer together. And it really, it wasn't just getting the two boys back from the uh, Child Protective Services. Um, I did get them back uh, within six, seven months after that. Okay. That was that was that was in the, the last That's week actually of a pretty short amount of time to work yeah. with cps yes yeah i got that was december the end of december and i got them they were moved back in with me by august yeah oh my god it doesn't work <laughs> got my got my daughter back that i never thought i would see again that from prison that she got removed from me and my older boys so i've got my five bio children back with me wow. and i've a I've congratulations taken, i've adopted two more boys today i have custody <laughs> not that's really not surprising though yeah i got two more i've had for five years now i love those boys those are my boys mm -hmm. so i've got seven seven kids some in their 20s they're all teens and up so i love it yeah. never dull never a dull moment in my yeah, world that's a, that is a busy busy house yeah so when you called uh child protective services and you said hey, you know hey ma'am, I'm done fighting, you know, and then you decide to make her job easier by following the rules. I bet their whole attitude changed with you when you came back and said, what do I need to do for you oh, to yeah. get this taken care of? Because that is a selfless act. They love it. Yep, That's they... why they let me out of jail four hours early because I was always nice to the depths. <laughs> <laughs> That's helpful. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Those last four hours, are, I'm not sitting in the middle of that room. No, no. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was very uh, humbling moment. And uh, from there, they became my cheerleaders. They really were rooting me on and, and wanted to see us back together and really uh, took the time to actually start to understand what I had gone through and help me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was it was amazing. Good for you. A lot of discovery was made and just, uh, you know, realizing coming through it that a lot of these choices I made through my whole life of using drugs, alcohol to numb myself out and looking for the rough crowd to be accept, mm. accepted by really after going through all this uh, treatment, it came down to so much unresolved trauma from my childhood yep. that I just, it never got mm -hmm. resolved. And I just, it kept one thing was stacking on another thing on another thing before I hit my rock bottom. And I believe mm -hmm. everybody, everybody's might look different, but you sure. know, my, I mean, mine is very similar to yours, Dion, where I was absolutely not willing to just let my children go like that. I, I knew I had to. Yeah. I had to them. do something. I had to, too. Yeah. I at least had, I at least had to try yep. because the other option was death. Yeah. That was my only other option. Um, I was either going to sober up. I was going to kill myself. So, I mean, that's just, you know, and, and maybe that wasn't a conscious decision, but I, I was putting alcohol in my body every day and that's just suicide on the installment plan in my book. Yeah. So, well, that's so cool. So we have this profound, 
we have this profound spiritual experience and then i'm presuming what did we do you go to did you go to treatment what 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 did you kind of do next went to treatment and anything i could get myself involved with with wanting to not just know more but repair my life okay. with actually make it make sense so i have the wisdom piece to it the lived experience mm-hmm. but now now i needed the knowledge i wanted yeah. the knowledge to it and so i really got thirsty for that and getting myself in uh looking for scholarships any trainings that were going on and uh Parents Cafe is a great, uh, I started being a facilitator for them, which was huge wow. to learn the uh, protective factors to resilient, to having a resilient family. Yep. Um, and from <laughs> that going into, um, I was working on my bachelor's degree in communication studies at Colorado Christian University okay. and got a phone call from a local, um, it's the uh, community health partner for Larimer County Okay. Uh, for mental health and got a phone CHP. call. Yep. Yeah, it's. And uh, they uh, reached out to me and I never had applied, but they said they had a new crisis center in town and they had a handful of recommendations because I had been telling my story around town to all the nonprofits that had helped me along the way at their local fundraising. Good for you. Give them back. Yeah. uh, Yeah. And that's really what brought me to a career of being a counselor today through uh, mental health partners um, where I've been with for over five years. I started at the crisis center doing suicide. Yeah, doing substance abuse uh, support and suicide Ooh. prevention. And, yeah, uh, a year ago, took a position at a really it's it's just real neat what I'm doing and uh, for transitional employment through the mental health uh, mm-hmm. took, took rerouted me a little bit, but it, I picked up uh, some some great uh, things to carry with me from this yeah. life. Yeah, where I'm yeah, at. tool. Yeah, we all. That's what's cool is we just get bigger tool bags. Yeah, you know because we start to collect. Um, all those tools. Um, and I think it's important for us to go back to the places that helped us and say, Hey, this is what happened to me here. Um, you know, just like telling our stories is important. Volunteering Um, is huge for recovery. It is. You need to get out there and help other people because it is the main, it's the taproot of our society. Um, you know, helping other people out, creating places for people to go and feel safe. That's, that's kind of what I like. Um, but what's fantastic about the recovery field is it doesn't matter what your passion is or what you're really good at. There's a place for it because in recovery, we still need to see doctors. We still have to buy groceries. We still have to live life, you know, and figure and figure that out. Um, you know, when I first came in, I didn't, I wouldn't even take my scripts correctly, let alone eat bathe you know all those things that, that we should be doing yep so but now you are now you're running your own shows looks like sounds like yeah yeah we uh i'll be soon stepping away from my other position as this one's calling me more for the uh, recovery services as i'm working on building a a team of recovery coaches in larimer county to provide services um like uh, to, like I said mentioned earlier, uh, advocating for the returned citizens, folks coming out of incarceration, mm-hmm. and we have in-person groups in Loveland, Colorado, every Tuesday at five, and wow. we do virtual Monday nights at seven, um, and we are running the recovery groups for uh, work release work enders on Fridays. 
for yeah. work release. Yeah. yeah, they didn't have they didn't have that stuff for me when I was in work release. Yeah, I wouldn't have gone. I stayed it's, sober it's, while I was in work release, believe it or not. It's kind but of I, different when it's forced. It know, is. The it is. The, well, I was on the bus one day with everybody else till I figured out I could take a different bus. And this one guy's like, hey, you know, man, you could you could drink and get away with all sorts of stuff. I'll show you. And I turned to him and I said, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> oh, I'm not supposed to swear. Sorry. Um, <laughs> That's I said, why I laughed. <laughs> I said, get the F away from me and don't talk to me ever again. Because if I was tempted, you know. That would have been it. Yeah, that would have been it. So yeah, I was definitely a dry drunk. Yeah, and it's it's the part, it's a huge piece, like you said, the accountable buddy, you know, the accountability mm-hmm. buddies of having those folks that can keep you accountable and your recovery is so important and not putting ourselves, it had to take, for me, I had to change my people, places and things to change my life. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't go back to the same ways of any way, shape or form. I was doing anything Absolutely. if I wanted to change my life. Yeah. 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 I was told I only need to change one thing and that was everything. Yeah. All of it. <laughs> That's a great answer. You know, um, well, it was quite apparent that I wasn't very good at critical thinking, expressing my feelings. Really. I wasn't very good at any of it. And I had all that knowledge before. I mean, my first therapist, I was 12. Oh, so um, actually, I think it was before that, but speech therapy, I guess. But, um, you know, so even when we do have the knowledge, if we're in the midst of doing it, man, there's nothing worse than a head full of AA and a belly full of booze. That's uh, the worst feeling in the world. Stupid AA ruining my drinking career. <laughs> <laughs> So what's life like for you now? Oh, it's good. I'm loving life today. It you is. Do. You look happy. I am happy. And it, honestly, I've just learned to just appreciate the challenges because the reward is so much greater. It is. You know? Yeah. And, it, and it's always greater because we don't have, we don't have the expectations, you know, I can, and I never put expectations on a plan anymore. I just don't. Um, you know, you can plan the plan, but not plan the results. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny because I was in the, I was, uh, I was doing my daily reflection this morning. The internet went down, right? Um, and uh, my, I guess my mom was watching. She sent me a message. She's like, what? You freezed up. And I wrote her back. I said, because it was on humility. And I, I wrote her back. I said, well, I guess I just need a, bit, a little bit of humility in my life. LOL. She wrote and she wrote, she wrote me back and, and oh man, now of course I forgot, but it's, but it's hilarious. I just got to keep on talking until I pull it up. Um, <laughs> she said, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. <laughs> right. God's got jokes. He's a funny yeah, guy. He yeah. is. Oh, he is. darn hilarious. Yep. Ork. <laughs> yeah. He yeah. and I had an argument yesterday. Me one again. Uh, always does. Always, uh, we, always come at, we always come out with our hip dislocated. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now I got smart about it. Instead of arguing with my, I call people. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> I already know. I already know. You know, I know it's just me spinning thoughts in my head that, you know, it really isn't as big of a deal as I think it is. It is. We can, it's so easy to get into our own heads. And that's, it's, that's where it's good as far as in recovery um if that mental health piece with our sobriety just having those 
busy schedules, keeping ourselves busy with positivity, mm -hmm. but learning coping skills and uh, definitely and having those supports, like you just said, has been mm -hmm. so useful for me that I can call out on them and help me get out of my head. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm at four and a half years. Um, I was, I've been a CAC. I've been a counselor. I've, I, I mean, I have done a lot, but I tell you that it doesn't really change anything. <laughs> I yeah. mean, and, until you make the decision to do it the right way and do it all, it, nothing's going to change for you anyway. Yeah. It becomes a burning passion. It does. Mm -hmm. And I'm lucky that I get to do this every day. Yeah, I'm lucky. Yep. So let's, You're... let's, uh, let's do a little bit of bragging about your business. Okay. Sure. It's, it's a tribal experience corner. Okay. And that's with a K corner with a K corner with a K. Uh, they, they won't see that. <laughs> Oh <laughs> yeah, this is talk only. There's no, there's no video. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, we are located in Loveland, Colorado, but we are serving Larimer County. Okay. And if anyone is in need of recovery coach, and um, that's it's it's first and foremost, it's recovery services to provide those and the recovery coaching, but specializing in helping folks that are coming out of incarceration that. Um, the team of coaches I have have all lived experience of incarceration and substance okay. use. And so the first hands on, they understand. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it's. Are you and are you you're still looking for a couple more coaches, right? Oh, yeah. We yeah, okay. would love to be able to build, uh, take some more on right now, especially some okay. male coaches. If there's any males in the area yeah, and male coaches are harder to find. Male. Yeah. I was talking to Jill about that and yeah. didn't realize it, it till. Yeah. Well, recovery is kind of got uh, a little bit more emotional and guys have a hard time with it. I'm working on it. We are, us recovery met no, us male recovery coaches are working on that. Nice. Um, but even finding people to come on and speak. Yeah. You know, most of my, most of my people are female. So I'm always looking for men that are willing to come on here and cry and laugh and, and, and tell their story because it's important. It's very uh, important. I agree. Um, and that's why I appreciate you guys having me on here and being able to be raw and real. And I do this and I'm transparent because I'm hoping somebody, whoever is out there listening to this, that you can relate to me and mm -hmm. um, feel validated that what you're going through is real. And I, and I get it. And so, so do so many others and there is help out there for you. Yeah. And yeah. you don't, and you don't have to go through it anymore if you don't want to. No. Nope. You know, we can promise you that as long as you're willing, as long as you're willing to, to listen to some suggestions. Okay. And if you don't like our suggestions, that's okay. That's all right. Um, I would like to say that we refund misery, but I don't, I don't really believe in that anymore. Um, we do refund it, but I'd rather you came back. Yeah. No, I don't want you miserable. I really, that's, and I think that's the big difference for, for us today. You know, now I go through life, I look around and I just want people to be happy, man. You know, and, and having a, having a fruitful life, man, because I'm experiencing it. So, but I can't run around and shove it down people's throats. So, you know, I just try, I try and be the example. And when people see what, and when people want what, what I have, then they come get it. 
you know, and be exactly. available and make sure that I'm available and really important, approachable. Sometimes oh, we can be jerks and then we're not approachable anymore. So agreed. Yeah. Man, yeah, with that, oh, go ahead, Dion. No, that was just gonna say, I mean, even care what I say on Facebook. I don't put my political opinions and stuff on there because um, I can't cause more confusion than harmony. God will just smack love me it. upside the back of the head. Yep, I love it. <laughs> so I want to hand out your phone. Is there a phone number for the business? Yeah, there is. Um, uh, before I give that to you, I'd also like to add that we also have Spanish speaking services. So we oh, do phenomenal. Awesome. Spanish speaking recovery coaches and um, that can provide that. So, and that's where I would love to, to be able to get a hold of a, or a couple more males, get a hold of me that are bilingual. It's just tell, a big plus. Okay. Big plus. And I'll keep my ear to the floor because I run across recovery coaches all the time. All right. So, yeah, my phone number is 970-481-0974. And we'll also put that in the post for you guys that are on Facebook and didn't have a pen or something. Wasn't ready for that. Um, so, Lisa, great. To, that, this was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun talking with you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. You know, it's so neat because I get to, I get to interview lots of different types of people. And just like we were talking about, you know, expectations, things like that, even these, you know, usually there's a course that people go, no, when it comes to these, no, it's just all over. (laughs) And it makes it pretty adventurous for me. Um, You know, I feel like I'm in a book going along here you know, being a part of a story and I get to go through the ups and downs, things like that. So it's important that we come on and share different experiences. So thank you for being transparent. Thank you for being a recovery coach and being a very good mom. Thank you. Thank you guys. All right, everybody. That's going to be it for today. Um, I appreciate everybody listening. Uh, This is Raw Recovery with Lisa hosted by Dion Miller. I love you all. You know I do. Peace out and have a day.